We look forward to that in anticipation. All right. We're going to uh, be in the book of Philippians today. Uh, If you want to turn there with me to chapter 1, our scripture text is just two verses today. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will, uh, as we read these verses of scripture from Philippians 1 and verse 18. The latter part of verse 18 says this, And I will continue to rejoice. Because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You can be seated. I've seen God do a lot of things through prayer over the years. And uh, uh, my parents have consistently prayed. And my mother especially has been a a prayer warrior over the years. And... um, I've seen God work through the prayers, the corporate prayers of God's people. Uh, I remember a group of pastors getting together. We saw God do all kinds of things as we prayed. Uh, There was a guy that said he would never sell his land to this particular church, uh, one of the pastors in our group, uh, and they needed to build, and so they were praying that he would sell his land to them. And we began to pray for that, and a couple weeks later, he comes in and he says, Can I tell you something? Uh, we have purchased that land. He changed his mind, and he came over and told us. He, he says, I've changed my mind. I want to sell the land to you. And so we are in the process of purchasing that. We, we serve a God who can do all things. Uh, he can revive churches. He can change cities. He can even bring revival to nations. And I don't know of a time where we ever needed that more than we need it right now. Uh, and so... Um, we need to recognize the importance, not just of prayer, but of praying together as God's people. And we do that. We, we do prayers on Sunday morning. We have a, a prayer service on Wednesday night where we get together and we join together in prayer. Um, we do that in our Sunday school classes. Uh, we do that in discipleship training where we come together in the evenings and, uh, and we sometimes will lift up prayers of concerns and burdens of people in the group. But... Uh, God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Uh, So that is a need that we have as God's people. Um, This scripture today, Paul is writing from a prison cell. Uh, That would be a place, I would think, would be a place of discouragement and difficulty and hardship. But he is writing and he's saying, look, I'm rejoicing that the gospel is spreading through others who are who are using what's happened to me as the motivation for their sharing. But he says also, I will rejoice. And and now he's shifting uh, to the future. In the scripture text we're looking at today, he says, because I know this is going to lead to my salvation. Apparently, God had assured the apostle Paul, and he says so later in the the chapter, he says, I'm going to come to you. This is what I know. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to die. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to minister to you for your growth in the gospel, and I'm going to come to you. And so this is an assurance that God has given him. He's still in the prison cell, but God has somehow communicated to his heart that the prayers of God's people were going to result in his being set free. And so he says, I'm excited about it. I'm rejoicing in it. And uh, he says, I also know that the Spirit of God, through your prayers, 
is working in my life to support me and sustain me in this time. And so I'm going to rejoice because God is at work. He is at work in you. He's at work in me. And he's at work through the prayers of God's people. So we need to pray together and lift together the burdens of our hearts and the concerns of our mission to the Lord so that God can use us to fulfill the mission he's given us to fulfill. We need to pray for this church because it depends. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. So ask God uh, for things and blessings for this church that you see as needed. The title of my message is The Power of Praying Together. The Power of Praying Together. By the way, sometimes people will say, when you, when you talk about a subject like this, they will say, well, doesn't the Bible say you're not supposed to pray in public, that you're supposed to go into your closet and pray in secret? The Bible does talk about going into your closet and praying in secret. But the motivation is not to do away with corporate prayer. The motivation is to thwart the pride of those who pray just for show. Okay? Um, if you pray just for show, don't pray. Okay? You go home and you pray in your closet. Okay? That's, that's a, uh, applying to you. But praying together is what God has always had in mind. What was the church doing when the Spirit was sent at Pentecost? They were praying in corporate prayer. Did you know that the Lord's Prayer, also called the model prayer, has plural pronouns in it? A lot of times we don't think about that. We, we teach about it and we, we talk about it. We don't think about our Father who art in heaven. Give us, not give me, give us this day our daily bread. Okay. Obviously, Jesus intended for us to pray together. Okay? So there's a power and there's a model that is set up for us in Scripture. And God says there's a special power when God's people pray together. It releases the power of heaven on earth to change things and make a difference. So we need to pray together. Pray for our families. Pray, pray for this church. Pray for this city. Pray for the mission of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is so important. So, what happens when we pray together? Well, when we pray together, God gives, first of all, His assurance. Look at verse uh, 18 again. And I will continue to rejoice because I know. Because I know. Not because I hope, although in Scripture, hope's used a little differently than we tend to use it. But this is not something uncertain. I know. God has communicated to my heart that this is what's going to happen. I know it. Okay? Uh, I, I remember we had a lady in our church. She was actually my church secretary in my previous church. And her husband uh, was going in the hospital for a very dangerous procedure on an aneurysm. And they gave him a 25% chance of making it through the surgery. Uh, she had been burdened and she'd been praying and so forth and the church had been praying and um, I remember one night it was a Sunday night and we were doing prayer requests and uh, I said and we need to pray for Dan and she she said Dan's gonna be all right and I said yeah I know we'll pray no she said you don't understand he's going to be all right 
I said, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, she had been praying. She told me later she'd been praying in her personal time with God and been burdened. And God gave her the most, the greatest peace in her heart and assured her that everything was going to be okay with it. And she had confidence in that. She just was trusting God. And so she was thanking God for what he was going to do. So when we pray together, often God will give an assurance to our hearts. Uh, By the way, I was there when the doctor talked before the surgery. And he said, you know, you understand. 26% chance, 25% chance of making it through. Um, And... Then I was there when he came out with a big old grin on his face. He's grinning ear to ear. He said, it could not have gone better. You see, uh, by the way, did you know that God gave me an assurance that my daughter was going to be healed with her first sickness? I've shared that with, with a number of you. Maybe, maybe most of you know that. But... Um, I, I, same thing happened to me. I was in my quiet time. I was praying. Probably some tears were going down my face as I prayed for her. We, we weren't certain if she would even make it through and, and live, uh, you know, because things were so serious. And, uh, and I felt that assurance in my heart. Well, I didn't say, I, I think I told Sherry, and that's, about, that's the only person I told. And uh, about a week later, I was talking to my mom, and she told me that she had the same thing happen to her. Listen, people in this church were praying for her. People in other churches were praying for her. And God gave an assurance that she was going to be healed. And a number of you were there the night that she gave testimony of what God had done in her life and how he'd healed her of her sickness. So, listen, we serve a living God. He knows the end from the beginning, and he has control over the affairs of men. He can speak to sickness, and it has to flee. Um, so sometimes God would give an assurance. In Paul's case, the assurance was, you are going to be released, you are going to go back to the church at Philippi, and you are going to minister to them in person. This is what I'm telling you. And so he was just taking it to the bank, and he was believing God was going to do what he'd assured him he was going to do. Now, by the way, this is different than telling God what he has to do. I'm sure you've seen a TV program once in a while where somebody will say, well, you, you know, you just tell God what you're taking and you just claim it and God has to do it. No, he doesn't. God is God and we're us. God doesn't have to do anything. We have to respond to him when he chooses, uh, but he doesn't have to respond to us. Now, he does in his love. But it's his choice. And by the way, I wouldn't want a God that always did what I said. I want a God that does what's best. Right? Sometimes I've asked God for things that God knew weren't, wasn't good for me. And guess what? God didn't give me what wasn't good for me. He gave me something better. Praise God for a God who has the guts to say, No, I'm going to do something else in your life and you don't even have the sense to want it. But I'm going to do it for you because it will be better for you in the long run. And you'll be blessed. This is the God we serve. He's able to do these things and he loves us 
And just as parents will use their wisdom and discretion in what they do for their kids, so also our God uses his discretion with us. And I'm grateful for it. So you have a a right to believe God for something when God tells you to believe him for it. Okay, either through his word. Sometimes God gives an unconditional promise in his word. You just need to believe it and take it to the bank. Other times, the Spirit of God may communicate a scripture to your heart or may grant a peace in your life and and show you specifically, this is what I'm going to do. Believe him for it. If he's told you this is what he's going to do, take it to the bank. Be assured of it. But don't be presumptuous and think that you're giving commands to God because you're not. It comes from him. Okay? All right. So when we pray together... God will often give his assurance of what's going to take place. Uh, this is what he does with Paul. And he says, he says, I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation. Now, that word salvation uh, is used uh, to speak of the salvation from sin, but it is also used to speak in a more general sense of deliverance. Uh, and the fact that Paul is in a prison cell, and he talks about later on in the paragraph, he talks about, I'm going to be coming to you. Uh, He's speaking about deliverance from a prison cell. He's already a believer. He's already been saved. He's speaking about a deliverance from a prison cell, and he says, I will be delivered. This will lead to my salvation. So when we pray together, often God delivers. I think of the children of Israel crying out to God in their misery and slavery. And what did God do? God sent Moses to be the leader and to help uh, as God delivered his people. God... uh, in many cases, delivered Israel from enemies as they cried out to him. In many cases, the king would cry out, but often there'd be a group of people crying out to God. I think about Esther. You remember Esther in the Bible? And Haman had a plan to exterminate all the Jews in the empire. Uh, Haman, uh, I mean, Mordecai tells Esther, uh, perhaps God has put you here for such a time as this. You need to go into the king at the risk of your own life and you need to appeal for your own life and for the life of your people. And she says, okay. She says, I'll do it. But I'm going to fast and pray for three days. And I'm going to ask you uh, to fast and pray for me for three days before I go in. And so they do so. And she goes in. And can I tell you something? God delivered the people of Israel. And not only did he deliver them from death... He ended up blessing them with spoils. Is that not amazing? As they prayed together, God brought a great deliverance. Um, Many times, I I, I think about Peter in the New Testament who was in prison. What were the people doing? They're praying. But they're not praying with much faith, are they? Because when Peter's actually at the door, they they think she's lost her mind. Rhoda comes, well, Peter's at the door. Are you crazy? I mean, they probably didn't say that, but they thought that. And uh, we, we know where Peter is. He's in prison. No, God sent his angel and delivered Peter from prison due 
to the prayers of God's people as they prayed together. Powerful stuff. So Paul says, I know that I will be delivered. I know this will lead to my salvation. God's going to deliver. So the power of praying together. What happens when we pray together? God gives his assurance. Secondly, God gives his deliverance. Thirdly, God gives his support. In verse 19, he says, because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And the the help is really closely tied in the original to the prayers, so that the prayers are bringing about the help. Okay. Now, my translation says help, but there's two ways you can translate this Greek word. One way is support. So when we pray together, God gives his support. Now, the word was used to describe the ligaments of the leg that holds the bones together. Um, God holds us together in difficult times, and he strengthens us and, and, and enables us to stand when we feel like we're about to fall apart. Is that not a great description of what God does, how he sustains us? Uh, so this support uh, is it, God will support you. As we pray together, God will support us in what we're doing. Um, I think of uh, one specifically difficult time uh, in my ministry where I had some friends praying for me. I don't think I'd have made it without God's people praying for me. Uh, there were times that I was so distraught and anxious about circumstances and um, and we would pray the peace of God would come but but also God would provide his sustaining power for each step that I needed to take sometimes you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes you're going through a trial you don't know how you're going to get out of it you don't know what you're going to do you don't have a clue about the circumstances have you ever been there But can I tell you something? By God's grace, you can take one day at a time, one step at a time, and you can make it to the other side. Because it's not just you. God is with you. The Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) I shall not want. He walks with me and makes me lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. See, this is the God that we serve. He supports us as we pray together. Isn't it an amazing thought uh, that God has given us uh, the blessing of one another? We are the body of Christ. Um, you know, I, when it gets uh, wintertime and the heat starts blowing, uh, I, I get dry hands. And, and one of the things that happens is right on the edges of my thumbs, I get those cracks. I can't stand those things. And they won't go away. I mean, I put, I put Neosporin on them. I put, uh, I put lotion on Nothing works. And, they, you know, and they, they just are an annoying thing. Finally, after a few days, they'll go away. But um, uh, you know what I've noticed when my thumb is hurting? Guess what the rest of my body's doing? It's responding. Right? I use my feet to walk. 
into the bathroom to get the Band-Aid, to get the Neosporin, right? I use my hand, my other hand, to put that stuff on there, that whether or not it works. And then I put the, uh, the Band-Aid on there. And then, when I wash my hands so that it doesn't get even drier, I do this. So, uh, my hands are taking up the slack for my thumb. Okay? It's really awkward to do that. Uh, all, my body gets involved in something as minor as that. And God uses my body to support my thumb. So, God uses the church to support his people. We are all in this thing together, and as we pray together, God releases his supernatural power to support us, to provide all we need. Uh, The Philippians uh, were supportive of Paul, and uh, later on in this very book, Paul says, look, I've seen your generosity, I've seen how God has used you to support me, and can I tell you something? God's going to supply all your need through his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God's infinite resources are there for our support. Um, when I was in the military, there's a lot of things the military makes you do that you don't want to do. But one good thing about the military is they do support you in terms of providing you three squares a day, right? Uh, you have uh, the equipment that you need to do your job. They supply it all. Right? Because you've got the, the infinite resources of the government. If they don't have the money, they'll print the money. Okay? So uh, they, they, you'll get what you need. Same thing is true for the child of God. We serve the king who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We can't tax his resources. He is able to richly supply all that we need every single time. How does he do it? As God's people pray together. He provides the support that we need. All right. So, power of praying together. Uh, What happens? Well, God gives his assurance, his deliverance, his support, and finally his supply. This help from the Spirit in verse 19, one way to translate that is the supply from the Spirit. Can I tell you something? The Spirit of God is there to supply what we need. Paul's in a prison cell, but can I tell you something? He's not exempt from the mercy and grace and provision of God in the prison cell. God is able to supply exactly what he needs. Uh, And he does so through his Holy Spirit. And uh, I don't really know how to explain this, but there have been times in my life Where as I've called to God in desperation, God has ministered to me through his Holy Spirit within. And you know what I've tried to do? I try to get under the spout where the glory comes out. I keep my sins confessed. I ask God to fill me with his spirit and keep my heart surrendered and trusting in him so that I can be in that right place to receive those blessings from God that I need. Uh, If I quench the spirit of God, guess what I miss? I miss the supply of the spirit. It's not that God doesn't take care of me, but I've quenched so that the spiritual resources that I need are not coming because I'm holding them at arm's length by my sin. So I confess that sin, and and it kind of 
frees up the pathways of fellowship and supply once again. But Paul says, look, I'm here in the prison cell, but God is with me. And he is supplying what I need, and he's going to supply what I need. Did you know that God holds the hearts of kings in his hands? Now, I don't know exactly who it was in this particular episode in Paul's life who put him in prison. But I can tell you this, whoever it was, God was able to, to touch that heart and change that heart. And whether he used that individual or whether he used another individual who overruled the first person who put him in prison, God got Paul out of that prison cell. The Spirit of God supplied what was needed through the lives of others. Did you know that the Spirit of God can touch somebody else to pray for you when they don't even know what's going on in your life? The Spirit of God can touch somebody's heart to give when you have a need. Um, I, I remember hearing uh, a lady in church where I grew up, she said, you know, uh, we, we felt led to give $5 to this lady. And guess what? We found $5 later on that day. And, you know, it's like God was saying, see, I got this. You were obedient to me. You, you, you gave where you were supposed to give, and I supplied your need. Uh, but the Spirit of God can use other people and their gifts and so forth to minister to you in exactly the way that you need. Um, there's one scripture where Paul is talking about uh, one of his co-workers, and he says, you know, uh, the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. <laughs> Isn't that a great statement? Have you ever known those people that refresh you? Now, there's some people that discourage you. You know, you go in their presence, and they're, they're so negative and critical and ungodly that they discourage you when you, you have the gift of discouragement. But, but uh, praise God, there are those people that are filled with the Spirit of God who are just a blessing. The Bible said the words of the wise are like a fountain of life. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's what we're to be to each other, a fountain of life. So that the Holy Spirit will supply what you need and what I need as we interact together because we are walking with God, and because we're walking with God, we're a blessing to one another. Um, the supply of the Spirit. He supplied what Paul needed relationally. He supplied what Paul needed through the body of Christ. Uh, he supplied what Paul needed through the circumstances that enabled him to get out of jail and to go uh, to the Philippians to minister to them. And so God can and does supply the needs of his people. And uh, he does it when we pray together. Isn't it? Isn't it? Are you excited about praying together? I, we ought to have to move out of the conference room Wednesday night so that we, we have to come somewhere where there's more room because there's so many people ready to get some blessings from God. Amen? All right. Uh, listen, you don't necessarily have to come on Wednesday night to get involved in that. You, you could, we've got a number of opportunities for that. But listen... Get this, get this concept in your mind. When you pray with other people, there's a power in that. There's a power in it. And that's why the Bible encourages us to do it. And uh, Paul's in a prison cell. He can't get out. But guess what? The church is praying. When we find something we can't handle as a church, we can take it to the Lord, and God can work and move in that situation. By the way, you're having trouble with, your, with one of your kids, or you're having, are you having trouble... Uh, at work. Did you know you can take those things to, together to the Lord? 
and, uh, and pray about those things. What about a problem in your spiritual life? Maybe you have a struggle with a sin issue in your life and you're, uh, you're, you're having trouble getting the victory over it. Uh, there are times where the Bible says confess your fault to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, sometimes we get so far down a path that we just need the people of God to help us get off that path. That's part of the reason the church is here. Uh, so pray together as God's people, uh, and, and we'll see things happen uh, for Jesus Christ. Uh, we had a lady in, in the former church who, um, she was praying for family members. Our church was praying for these, these lost people the way we do uh, in our services now. And uh, uh, she had this list, and, and I remember the last service I was there, there was a whole pew filled with her family members. And two of her family members were being baptized that night. This is, can I tell you something? There's power in this. Because there's power in our God. (laughs) And he responds to the prayers of his people. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, help us as your people to respond to you by bringing those burdens and concerns to you in prayer. As a body of Christ, let us pray for one another. Let us be a support uh, to one another through your spirit and uh, supply what we need. Assure our hearts. God, do your work in us and through us. And Father, for those who don't know Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord, we know that you have made a way of access so that we can pray to you. And that access comes through Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help uh, people today to see their need for Jesus Christ and that they would today... Repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus and what he's done at the cross for their forgiveness and their eternal life. And uh, let it be so, Lord, so that they can begin to.